All right, Tuesday edition of Blaine and Mickey is on, and uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us wherever you are listening and hanging out. Titans uh, with their Tuesday day off, then they'll start getting ready for the Texans. Um, oh yeah, them Texans. The Texans they they won their first game, and then they lost all the rest of them since then. Yeah. They they won they won one. They were one to zero, and now they're one and eight. Yeah. But we talked about them a little offhand. That's this is the kind of game that fans are like, okay, who's after them? Let's just go ahead and mm-hmm. nobody, do that. Nobody in the building's doing that. Oh, no, nobody play, in the no building play. down there no, does no, that. But don't, you know, can't Rayburn do that. Still knows a few of those people, uh, the players as well. And uh, I watched a little bit of tape of uh, the Dolphins. Actually, I watched the game, the Dolphins game, just the last game with uh, Terod. Terod Taylor. Yeah, it is quarterback. And uh, he he made some mistakes. And he, I think he threw four interceptions. But he threw one. He was going out of bounds. And he flicked it up just to say he threw it. And the guy intercepted it. I saw that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my. But they, they have some weapons. I like their running back. They had David Johnson. Uh, they have uh, uh, Cooks at uh, receiver. But one time, David Johnson was like top three paid running yeah, back in the NFL. They got the kid from Denver, uh, the free agent. They rushed for 1,000 yards. Lindsey. Um, uh, Amendola, they, they have some weapons. They, you know what they? Brandon I, Cooks. Yeah, Cooks. Yeah. And I thought, man, you know, this is a horrible team. I'm thinking going into it, watching it, and maybe they weren't playing. They were playing hard, man. And the Dolphins, as we saw, is getting better. And this was just a couple weeks ago. So, and they took them down to the wire, even after having those turnovers. Uh, I know David Cully, who uh, coached in Philly when I was there. He's a high-energy, positive affirmation-type guy. There's nothing will break him. He will be positive every single day that he is that coach. Uh, so I think that'll keep those guys going. They're going to come in here and, and believe uh, they got a shot. You know, why not? You know, if you're, you're, you know your season is over as far as record-wise and making the playoffs, why not uh, spoil it and say, hey, man, but we beat the Titans, and they're they probably going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that you got to find another way to motivate yourself, and so, and then the rivalry within the, you know, the division and the in the states and everything else involved with the team moving here and everything else. It's always going to be a big game. And by the way, they're uh, doing the uh, Floyd Reese uh, Jeff Fisher uh, Ring of Honor too uh, this weekend. So it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, and to keep the momentum going and beating the team you're supposed to be. Sure. Mm-hmm. No letdown. Um, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN is reporting this. Bud Dupree uh, with an abdomen issue is still day-to-day. They're doing more tests on him uh, to find out just how severe the injury is. Right now, there's no timetable for knowing anything on that. Just that's out today. Basically, that's out today that there's nothing new. Uh, here's here's Ooh, a- I know I, when I tore my abductus lungus, by continuing to play with it in Philly, I tore some abdomen muscles at the same time. And uh, – you know, it was uh, black and blue all the way up to my side, all the way going down to my th- my knee, up to like the middle of my stomach on the right side, and yeah, because it, the, everything it. starts when I'm talking, I'm and through experience is everything starts overworking, and so I kept playing with it, and then now all of a sudden I'm hurting my abdomen, uh, so I'm wondering if that was the cause. I'd be interested to see. It doesn't matter what side it was on, but. If he's overworking his abs, and that's why he's straining it. I mean, it happened so soon. So you want to say, man, was he even warmed up all the way? Yeah. But you don't, you don't, you don't know. He could have been warmed up and ready to go. And your abdomen, your core strength. For all those who are listening, your core strength is one of the things. And that's not like oh, saying doing all these different, you know, ab exercises. I'm talking about you got to work it different ways and have mobility and be able to have flexibility with them as well. And in uh, position you're gonna have. But was it overworking pulling up his leg? You know, that'd be interesting. To hear that, I don't know if anybody will ask that or give us that. 
But, you know, once you have an injury, if you're not careful with that ACL, as I, I mentioned before, I, I, I would have I kept him out the first three or four games. I wouldn't have played him. Mm-hmm. He had it too late, and I know he was anxious, and I'm sure he told them he was ready, and he looked good. And he was just starting to get back there. And so you start revving him up a little bit more, a little bit more, a little more, and he start looking better. And then now he does it, you know, literally after one rep. So I don't know if there was anything they could have done. Uh, it's all on him. So at this point, man, that, that's, that hurts. Because I think yep. you saw other guys start cramping on a defensive line after that because they weren't used to getting those kind of reps. Mm-hmm. That's how I can just slow your – your pass rush down. Then all of a sudden now you're playing Archery more on the outside than on the inside. He's a good player outside. He's a great player on the inside. Uh, so, man, that's, that's going to be a tough blow uh, here because the defense was carrying him even more so than, you know, Julio's been in and out of the lineup the whole time. Uh, so, yeah, this one, yeah, I'm, I'm interested here. And then for them to be quiet about it a lot and then – you know, tell you know a national guy just somewhat of a story, right? That uh, really still gives us no answer, right? A story that's not a story. Yeah, he's so getting that, looked at. Yeah, that that's not a that's not a good sign in my mind. A lot of people would say that's a good sign, but me to me that means they're trying to continue to look at other options and what's going on here and why it happened and everything else. So yeah, I, I know both sides have put in all kind of effort to make sure he stayed healthy. Uh, because they want him out there, and he wanted to be out there. So this, that, to me, that may be even bigger than uh, than Julio. I would say it is, because Julio's been in and out, and you've been able to patchwork with a receiver and all the receivers they've had. So yeah, this guy here, he was he was starting to come on. You were starting to see glimpses of who Bud Dupree was last season with sure. the Steelers. And they're going to need that guy. If they're going to do anything in the postseason, they're going to need yeah. that guy. So he, just whatever it takes, get him well. And sometimes it's just because he's Bud Dupree. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> you don't have to have a sack. It's just because he's Bud Dupree. Would you kick the tires on? Uh-oh. Well, you Le- always got these curveballs now, Le'Veon man. Le'Veon Bell. He was cut loose just right that. before the show started. Le'Veon Bell cut loose by the Ravens. He has run 31 times for 83 yards. That's 2.7 yards per carry. He has two touchdowns. Boy, once upon a time, that dude was the dude. Yeah, when he was at Steelers. You know, I haven't watched him a lot. Even when he went to the Jets, he was showing, you know, that he could still get up and go. Uh, Probably not. And I say that not just because it's Le'Veon Bell or because he's washed up or anything like that. I just don't know if he really fits the style of runner that they, they want. He's kind of a patient watch cut guy where they want guys to hit the hole and cut back and be a power back. So I just, I don't know if he's that kind of a fit. At his peak, he was the most patient runner that I ever remember seeing. Mm -hmm. Uh, He would just wait, 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 go. Even down the the field, as blocks materialized with receivers or whatever, as big as he was, Mm -hmm. because he's not some little scat back, he still had the ability to start and stop. It was fascinating to me to watch him. It was interesting to kind of watch his career evolve, because he first came in, he was a lot bigger and heavier. Then he got leaned down, and all of a sudden, then he broke on the scene. Then he was his breakaway back. He would be patient and make all these cuts and everything else. So I think he, uh, I think he miscalculated, but uh, I'm sure you would see otherwise. Uh, he still got a big contract with the Jets, and, uh, yeah, I think it was the Jets. But, nah, I don't know. I, asking, you know, He may have to be released, and uh, maybe he's got a shot somewhere else. Maybe his agent knows. I don't know. Had a career high in carries in 2017 with 321. In Pittsburgh, and then didn't play in 2018. 
then he came back with the Jets, as you said, in 2019. Uh, only lasted 17 games with them. Spent some time on Kansas City. Uh, he has to be released. Or, no, he said he would never go back and play with Andy Reid. That was a huge red flag for me. Yeah. Because Andy Reid's a great dude. I know him personally. Uh, he would have been straight up, no, no snaking, no, hey, man, tell him one thing in his face, do something the opposite. If it didn't work out, he would have been, hey, man, just didn't work out here, man. Right. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't, you know, he's just one of those kind of guys. He would have said, hey, sorry, I should have got you more reps. It's on me. That, it, it, Le'Veon Bell just blasted him and hit him in the back of the head on the way out the door, man. So, so here's what happens. So when you do a great dude and everybody knows this guy is a stand-up guy, regardless if it didn't work out or not, you still got to be a pro. Uh, that That's a red flag for everybody in the National Football League. Even as a as a player, you go, uh-oh, man. Anybody knows Andy Reid knows, hey, man, he'll tell him straight up. You know, some of these coaches will tell you one thing you're facing, and the next thing you know, you got a phone call, and you find up on ESPN that you got cut. Right. They're like, what? Well, dang, I just talked to him. He said I was doing a great job. And for people who don't believe that, Believe that. Oh, yeah, believe that. <laughs> yeah. Real easy. I know dudes yeah, who that happened that. to. Believe that. Yeah. 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 And so, to me, that's cowardly yeah. by a coach. Uh, you, your pros, we're all professionals. We're grown men. If you don't have uh, the decency to give me a call or call me into your office and say, hey, man, uh, we got to go in a different direction, then that's cowardly in my, my opinion. And then you're going to tell somebody, you know, tell them something else in their face then <laughs> do something else the next day. It's a grown A-man league. Just talk to a man like a man. Just tell him, hey, this is what's well, going on. you'd be amazed that some uh, people just are not like that. Yeah. I'd be amazed. But to me, that shows you if they're high-character type people. That's why I said Andy Reid was that dude. Mm-hmm. There was no way around it. Some people not so much. <laughs> I don't know why that is, though. I mean, you're the one controlling everything. What right. can they do? I mean, besides... And thanks for giving me the opportunity. No different than when you're watching Hard Knocks. And, oh, by the way, Hard Knocks is supposed to be starting in the middle of the season? A Colts Hard Knocks during the season, yes. What the heck is this? I've never I, – I, I don't even remember this. Is this true, Lucas, that it's going to be a middle-of-the-season Hard Knocks with the Colts? Yeah, when does that start? Like Next week? Yeah. Yeah. Like end, mid to end season? I don't know. I wonder how far they're going to go. Oh, man. That must have been Lucas's idea. That sounds like a Lucas idea. Yeah, that uh, was my bad. I, I hardly even watched the Cowboys one. Oh, I was so perturbed that they got it again. I don't know <laughs> anybody that watched it. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I haven't watched since the Raiders. episode of everyone that's ever come out, and I didn't watch it. What's the last one you watched? Uh, the the one before this one. Ra- Raiders. The Chargers? Chargers, yes. I Chargers. did not watch that one. I watched Raiders, and that well, was the last Char- one. Wasn't it Chargers and Rams? And Rams, yeah. It was Chargers LA. Chargers and Rams. And Rams. Yeah, I yeah the it. L.A. version. I watched it, and I wasn't too happy. Yeah, I didn't like that. And I actually of... like Hard Knocks, or one, two, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I anymore, like Coach right? Mack. He's going to join us next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. You hear that music, it only means one thing. It means it's time for uh, our weekly Mac Attack with Coach Mac, who joins us. Coach Mac, how in the world are you doing? Doing good, Mickey. Blaine, everything's good. Just uh, grinding on the Texans here. I'm getting ready to, after we do our segment here, I'm going to go into the uh, Titans offices and do uh, Amy and I from the Titans. Amy, Coach Mac podcast are going to uh, talk with Jeff Fisher. He's going to be our guest this week, so we're going to do that right after we get through here. Yeah, well, tell him I said, we said hi. We saw Amy, but we, we didn't get a chance to speak her and uh, uh, Mike Keith Devot. Uh, I think uh, they were. I will do that. 
You know, the Ring of Honor's uh, gained a couple new members this weekend, huh, Coach? Yeah, and, and very and, and very uh, deservedly so. I mean, you know, both of those guys, when you talk about the, the history and the implementation of professional football, you know, here in the, in the, in the state of Tennessee and really in the Mid-South, I mean, uh, you know, those two guys were the boots on the ground guys, you know, uh, and, and were, and were pretty much, uh, you know, shoulder to shoulder all the way through. So it's absolutely, and Amy Adams strunk all major kudos to her for what she has done, uh, any, well, since she's taken over, but guys, really, I mean, everything, everything that, that she has done and the decisions, you know, that, that, that she and, and Kenneth and Barkley and the, and the group have made, it's just been outstanding. And this is another one, you know, with Bum Phillips earlier in the year and now now Jeff and Floyd going in together. I mean, it's just doing all the right things, and I think it'll be a, a really nice celebration on Sunday here for everybody included because, you know, and God bless, uh, you know, Floyd Reese. I mean, we lost a really good man when he passed away earlier this year. And, you know, Jeff Fisher is still you know, very important to the, the city of Nashville and really the state of Tennessee, you know, for, for, what, he's, for what he did and, what he continues to do, he's involved in a lot of charitable uh, endeavors that he does not publicize. And believe me, he's always said this was home. He's back here. All his all his children are here. All his grandchildren are here. So this is, will be a very nice weekend for him and his entire family. Coach Dave McGinnis uh, joining us. Um, Coach, there's a phrase that I learned from you, and now I say it just out in public. You talk about stacking wins, and this team is on one of those runs right now. They are stacking wins, uh, and it's just a dang hard thing to do in the NFL, no matter who you play each week, and they're doing it right now. Well, the only way you stack wins is you've got to be what you've got to be able to do, and you've got to be able to do it as a team. And the head coach, of course, leads the way, but uh, the locker room has to fall in lockstep too. You've got to be able to get back to center after a, a game. Whether it's a win or a loss, you have got to be able to get back to center and start concentrating on the next week. This National Football League, if you break it down and, and you approach it the right way, is, is a series of one-week seasons. Mm. It's a series of one-week seasons. You don't look behind and you don't look ahead. You look right at the present moment. And, and your your preparation and everything, because every week is different. It's been especially different for this team this year because of playing 82 different players. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never experienced that in my life in my 31 years of coaching. I've had some years where we had a lot, you know, quite a few injuries, but I've never experienced and been around anything like this. And the fact that they are able to get it back to center, as I say. And, and, and get it focused on the next opponent with whoever is available and then play at a, le- at a high level. And, and, look, the level that you play at, it's high enough if you win the game. It's hard to win games in this league, guys. All you got to do is just look at the box scores every week. And so that's what they've done a good job of. And that's they're going to get – they are already centered back on, on Houston. Believe me, they didn't spend a whole lot of time on that New Orleans game. Coach Dave McGinnis, our guest. He's brought to you every week by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage and affordable price. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They got you covered, just like we get covered with the Mac attack each week here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Coach Mac, uh, you know, I know you're a defensive guy in heart. And, uh, man, the defense has been playing great. But, man, what about Big Jeff these last two weeks? Seems like he's turned a corner in not just being a really good player and Pro Bowl player, but a superstar player in the Aaron Donald-type conversations. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and, and Jeff, along with, along with the rest of that front, Blaine, has been, they've been the big difference. And, and here's, here is, is what you've got to look at realistically. You know, even, you know, they started off that ball game against New Orleans just go, just like they finished the ball yeah. game against the Rams. But once you start getting, once Bud Dupree went out and then you had a couple other out, and then all of a sudden, you know, and, and I've done a lot of national shows since that game, people say, what happened to the rush in the second half? I said they got, tired. they got tired, you know, because now you didn't have people that you could roll in there, and 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 it started to show because you know you've experienced it uh, with the big guys in the locker room when they're rushing the passer, and it, I mean, that's work, that's mm-hmm. work down in and down out, and the and the the this defense has started to ascend when we could roll four people in and rush with four and cover with seven, however they want to deploy those cover people. But but Jeffrey Simmons has given us everything he has this whole season. So has Harold Landry. I mean, Harold Landry has had a magnificent year. And then Danico Autry has been a huge, huge addition yep. to what, you know, to what is going on. Bud Dupree was a big part of that. You know, when he was just starting to come, when he was healthy, and then you've got to have Kier Tart roll in there. You've got to have Murchison roll in there. But when you start getting those guys hurt, then all of a sudden the attrition, it not only affects the person that's injured, it affects everybody down the line. So, as I say, watching that second half, I mean, and knowing, you know, that, that they were still rushing as hard as they could, but you've only – you've got to be able to roll big guys, especially in, on defense. You've got to roll big guys on defense. Not so much on the offensive line, but you have to be able to roll guys, big guys on defense. And so that was the problem in the second half. Yeah, no doubt about it, Coach. Now, let's move forward then in that thought process, what you just said. How do you, as a former D.C. and head coach, now game plan when, uh, let's just assume that Dupree's out this game. I I don't know what's going to happen with him, but I have to make that assumption as a coach. How do I change how I run my game plan, especially when I start seeing my guys getting tired now? Maybe first half you can do what you normally do, but second half maybe you come back and maybe do something a little different as far as your scheme and system, or do you stick with what you just do and just try to hope for the best? Well, you, you've got to do what you do because here, here's what it is, though. If he's not going to be available, then mm-hmm. you'll have a healthy body to replace him. Blaine, that's that's the key. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you lose somebody during a ball game, that's the issues because your numbers are down mm-hmm. so bad. I remember one year we had Kyle Vandenbosch, and he was he was nursing a hamstring on and off, on and off, on and off, and and and. But we decided to, he wanted to play. We decided to keep him active at Kansas City. He played for about three series, and the hamstring went on him again. But then all of a sudden, then Will Hayes goes out of the game too, and now you're down two, and all of a sudden because you can't add anybody during the game. And so if he yeah. can, if it is true that he won't be able to play this week, I don't know that yet, yeah, but if it is true, you will have a healthy body there to start the game. So your numbers will be up when the game starts. Gotcha, gotcha. Good stuff. Uh, I guess now about Tannehill. And that, I'm always getting this question, and I feel like he's doing a solid job. But, you know, people bringing me his numbers at this point, you know, last year, and his numbers are down. And I go, well, he's still winning, though. Ultimately, that's the goal. So what is your observation of Tanny Hill at this point of the season? So he's, he's, he's directing this club to eight wins so far out of 10 games. He's, 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 doing, he's, doing, he's doing exactly what he's always done. And, so, and, and to me, I mean, I, I, know, I, don't know what, I don't know who's saying that, and it doesn't really no, matter. A, I don't listen know, fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I don't listen because, I mean, close your eyes, tell me what you see. That's how much it matters. 
All I know is what I what I see in practice, and then in in the ball games, he is the guy that they lean on. I mean, he is a linchpin of this thing. And so, you, here's what you don't worry about the numbers. You worry about the production during the game, and production during the game. As you well know, and our listeners should know too, that the production during the game, it comes down to, did you win the game? Because you can have all the numbers in the world. I mean, and I, and I, this is a, this is a, a, a question that, that has a very easy answer. Would you rather have 400 yards passing and not win, or would you rather throw for 212 and have a win? That's an easy answer. Well said there by Coach Matt, giving us the Mac attack. I guess one more for me. Man, where sure. has your guy, Ferkser, gone? I mean, he's kind of disappeared in this offense. Is it because they're kind of concentrating more on uh, the receiver parts of this offense, a little bit different? Kind of take us through because he had numbers comparable to John o. Smith, as you told us uh, going into the season. And all of a sudden now he's kind of a non-factor this whole season. Yeah, well, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't know, you know, how healthy he's healthy enough oh. to play. I mean, I don't know, you know, uh, how completely healthy he is. But, you know, according to game plan, I mean, they're still using the tight ends quite a bit. Now, interesting that you bring up Janu. You know, Janu was a healthy scratch last week for New England. Right. That's very interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know what his health is. I don't pay attention to New England until we play New England. But uh, I know what's going on here. And that is, Berkser, I, I, you know, well, presumably he was going to be a, a number one guy and he got injured early in training camp. And then all of a sudden now he's kind of faded out. Uh, so I was just interested in your thoughts on that. But uh, we're on with Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. Coach, you mentioned Jeff Swain, and you saw Marcus Johnson have a, a big game, a couple of big games against Lattimore on Sunday. The Really the interesting thing about this team each week, and it's become commonplace, is one or two or three or four guys who maybe you don't expect not only contribute but make a huge play or more than one during the game. Well, Mickey, I think, I mean, again, and you and Blaine follow this team very closely, and, uh, and I'm talking way back in training camp. You know, the guys that we were talking about in training camp as as far as that that, that second tier of receivers were Marcus Johnson, okay, and and, and Nick Westbrook Aquina. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and because you could see it on you know, as I say, I watch practice every day and, and you could you could see what they were doing and, and you know, when we went down to Tampa Bay and worked out against them and, and Mike and Amy and I would always do those uh, you know, video reports, you know, after every practice. Well, Marcus Johnson, Nick Westbrook Aquina, Marcus Johnson, Nick Westbrook Aquina after you know, uh, you know, AJ Brown and, and Julio and the, and the, and the top guys and Josh Reynolds at the time. And so these guys have done nothing but, but, but work and ask and do what they've been asked to do since they, you know, since they've been here. And now Marcus was hurt. So he came back. Here's the key. Here is the key to me. Really, it doesn't matter how you get on a squad and it really doesn't matter how you get implemented into a game plan. When you get your chance, take advantage of it. Well, it just so happened that both of these guys have had their chances at various times during this season when they were needed, and they've made it count. And so that's what that's what has to happen. And 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 to me, I never worried about who had the catches. I never worried about who had the yardage. I never worried about who had all the tackles. What I was concerned about was as a team. And and let's throw the special teams in there too. Are we doing enough complementary wise during the course of the game? to be able to win it and flip it. And the thing that you always tell your players, you always tell your players during the week when you're practicing, pay attention to what's going on because you never know which play will flip it. I mean, a special team play flipped this game, right? Sure did. But you never know. When, when they're out there, when Craig Ackerman's out there working on kickoff coverage, you know, at, at every week and saying, all right, here, we're going to kick it here. Here's the lanes. Here's the switch releases we want to run. 
you know, you never know which play is going to free up a guy to make a difference. And that's why it's so important to be able to get back to center every week and start over from zero, but pay attention to 100. And I was going to say Chester Rogers is another guy from that group who had some opportunities and made some plays and has found a role on this team. And, Coach, there were a couple times he was able to just field punts on a windy day to save this team a bunch of hidden yards. Blaine talked about that in the post game. The other thing was he finally got his hands on one and got basically nine, ten yards. He's been just a, a real nice addition, too, on offense when needed, but on special teams a lot. Yeah, and Blaine's 100% right about the, the catching the punts. I'm glad he brought that up. I mean, I know he's he's done that in his career, too. And let me just tell you something. That's hard. That's hard to do, and especially that wind, that wind Sunday was really tricky because we've got the windows open up there in the booth, and, and you know, several times with those, you know, uh, field goals attempts, Mike always asked Amy Wells down on the field, what's the wind doing? And, and I mean, it was, it was a tricky wind, and so catching those punts is no easy task. And, and, and Blaine is 100% right in that observation. And that, that was a big part of it, too. We didn't have any hit the ground. We didn't lose any hidden yardage because they were bouncing, and he caught them all. Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, I guess lastly for me, Coach Mack, uh, that is kind of give us an overview. I watched the Texans versus Dolphins. I wanted to see him with Tyrod out there, uh, Taylor playing quarterback. Uh, he had a lot of turnovers. Uh, they lost the game, but they stayed in the game. And one thing was surprising to me is they still got some skill guys, but they were playing hard. Uh, so oh, yes. You give us I you agree your with observation you. of them, yeah. No, I agree with you. I, and I, I just got through watching that, you know, and, 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 and doing the details on it. Uh, absolutely they do. Uh, look, you were with David Cully at Philly, yes. right? Uh-huh. I mean, I've known, I've known, I've known David Cully for a long time. Look, he's gonna, he, the, those players are gonna play for him. And, and, and I, I saw the same thing. I've seen the same thing. I've gone back and watched several of it. They play extremely hard. I mean, you're not looking at a football team. Sometimes at this point in the season, when you're 10 weeks in, if somebody's not having a lot of success, you can look at them and say, you know what, about that second to fourth quarter, it, it just looks like they're trying to get back to the locker room and, and get in the shower and go home. That's not this group. This group was playing from wall to wall, and I agree with you 100% on that, Blaine. And plus, look, it's Nashville and it's Houston. It's the Titans and the Texans. That's always going to be a sandpaper game. So I promise you the Tennessee Titans are getting geared up for this one. Little curveball question for you here outside the box. Everybody likes to know what Coach Mack is doing, the man in black. But that is, do you have Christmas decorations up now or do you wait till after Thanksgiving? <laughs> Let me tell you something. My place is always decorated up on Thanksgiving. For, for, no, no, wait. For Halloween, it's decorated in August. Okay. And then for Thanksgiving is right. I mean, for Thanksgiving it's right after Halloween. And then oh, absolutely, everything's up. It looks like Santa's village. Oh, <laughs> Coach Mac, everybody join us over Coach Mac's house. Uh, I'll, I'll tweet so out his address later. <laughs> if you guys don't have yours up, then you need to. Oh, Christina Ryan's got that handle, Coach. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm sure Blaine Bishop's got some instructions, too. He does. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Go go up to the attic. <laughs> go to the attic. That's right. Hey, what do you – Lovey Smith has been around this league. I know he had a detour at Illinois, but what do you expect to see from Lovey Smith's defense? What are they going to throw at this uh, Titans run game and, and offense on Sunday? Lovey's always been a zone guy. You know, he's always he's always been a Tampa 2 guy, but plays very solid run defense. He's, 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 a, he's, a, lot of, he's a lot of single gap. He will, he will fire. He will – he will uh, pressure rush some with his backers, which means if, if their coverage man is, is blocking, they will pressure instead of staying back. 
uh, he, he's always been very, very solid. I've always, you know, I, I know Lovey very well. Uh, and I've always appreciated his approach to it. And his approach has always been defensively very, very much technique oriented, extremely technique oriented. And really, this time of the time of the season, you can ask Blaine sitting right there with you. At this time of the season, when your body starts to take some hits, it's those techniques that carry you through. And his teams are his, his defenses have always been very technique sound. On the way out, what did you see with Peterson and Foreman in week two? What can they do to get better even in week three for those two? Well, I mean, look, it, you, you can always you can always get better. Okay. Sure. You can you can you can you, you can you can always get better. Now you're talking about you know two two veteran backs and, and guys, a lot of a lot of running back stuff has to do with what goes on in front of them, right? I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. Sure. You know, I, I, I and and so what's going to have to happen is is we we still have not established in two weeks a rhythm to this run game. You know what I'm saying? Yes, it sir. still has not established a rhythm to it. It's always you know, and the last week it looked like it was a little better. There was a little better. There was some push, and but you need to get a rhythm because. As a defense, when people start getting into a rhythm with a run game going at you, that's when it's hard to dig your cleats in the ground and, and, and get it stopped. We, we still have not gotten, I don't think, all the chains in the spokes yet on this running game. And plus, I mean, this is the third week of it. This will be the third week of practice now. So I think they both just need to continue to get in rhythm with everybody. It's not just the backs. It's everybody else that's involved in that run game. Coach Mack, thank you, man. Great stuff as always, and uh, can't wait to talk to you again next week after this Texans game. Appreciate it, Coach. Love being on, love being on with you guys. Go put your Christmas trees up. Oh, ho, ho. that's what Coach Mack says. Listen <laughs> to Coach Mack. Get the Christmas. That's tree what it up. is. Bobblehead said too over there. That's right. Uh, when we come back, I, I got a couple of stats about the run game that Coach Mack was talking about. We'll get into that. And there's a crazy number out there for how big the NFL might get team wise. Crazy number for how big the league might get. I will share that next. Ooh. You're going to say, "Wow, good man!" I've been. Hopefully, it means increasing the rosters. Oh, I've been saying that for years. You won't believe it. That's next. Blaine and Mickey went on four five. The zone. Little Tom Petty. Thank you, Lucas, for that. I always love hearing it. So couple stats on the way out. Number one, pro football talk. Lucas, you, you have to take a guess at this if you haven't seen it. Mm -mm. So the Rams are in all this litigation over losing the team and how all that worked. Oh, yeah. So there's a thought that as part of the litigation, the NFL will just say, okay, you can have an expansion team. Will, this, will that stop this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Stop this mess in the court system. Yes. So the other team, that keep, the other city that keeps getting mentioned is London. They're playing games there. They're going to get a team eventually. It's just going to happen. So everybody's like, okay, 34 teams, does that make any sense number-wise? It doesn't. Do you know how many teams, I, I read about earlier today, the number that is apparently not just being thrown around in media circles, but even in the big office at Manhattan where the sheriff hangs out, Goodell. Take a but, guess. But don't, don't tell us the numbers. Wait a minute. you got to tell us where the potential cities are. Or Only London and St. Louis. It said the it. rest. The so rest you act would, like it's a big number. You said 34 doesn't No, work. it's a big number. Well, where are they getting the rest of the people from? In the from? story on Pro Jeez. Football Talk, he said the rest of the cities would be smaller cities in the U.S. who would build smaller stadiums. Okay, thank you for the hint. And I'm going Alabama first. <laughs> smaller cities, like 
Birmingham. Like what? Like Chattanooga? Like that kind no, of ding dong? No, not Chattanooga. <laughs> like I, Birmingham yeah, or uh, San Antonio, who's been uh, trying to get one forever. Louisville or I mean, something yes, like Louisville. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm scared of what you're gonna tell us. I'm gonna say forty. What do you say? You you said big number. Big number from thirty. To, to I mean, not like sixty or anything. Don't right, think that right, it's a, right. it was a big number big to number. me. Uh, Amar says in the zone Twitter and zone TV chat, Memphis. Yeah, oh Memphis. Ooh, that's right down around the corner. Cool. I mean, that's only three and a half yeah, hours. Was, yeah, that's close. But Woo! Louisville's closer. It's, Louisville's close. And Atlanta's about the same. Uh, what you I'm say? gonna go uh, forty-two. It is forty is the number. Yeah, that's what Lucas because said. if it's forty. The idea is then that you can have eight divisions of five teams and 16 teams can make the playoffs. Oh. Eight out of both sides. Oh. <laughs> and you know they'll do it. Yep. And, and then with 20 games. <laughs> 100%. 20 games. They got to get to 18, then 20. Lucas, like, nah, can that's you not You imagine that. A lot of games. games. You, you'll be, uh, I'll be in my rocking chair and you'll be calling games by then. <laughs> got to got to have roster size up to like 80 at that point. So you're playing more games, so you will have to have bigger rosters and then you would have 40 teams. Think about uh, how watered down because people say there's not enough quarterbacks for 32 teams. Is there enough quarterbacks for 40 teams? Yeah, you just be on a bad team. <laughs> <laughs> there's always enough bodies. There's yeah. enough quarterbacks. Yeah. You go, you're gonna find some bodies. I mean, man. people have been griping about Major League Baseball for years saying there's not enough pitchers to be even on the current number of teams. Really? And may, oh gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, starting pitching is just become, you know, you just make it to the fifth. Maybe, That's all you gotta do. Well, there's barely enough athlete. kickers yeah, to go around. Yeah. Oh, so, there's plenty of kickers out there. So there we go, 40 teams you possibly. Lucas, you look limber, man. You can you kick? You're a soccer player. <laughs> well, I, can make, son, I can maybe make an extra point. My son loves to punt, and I'm like, hey, don't ever forget this love of punting. You know, yeah, just punny. keep punting, little rascal, especially now if you've got 40 teams to possibly be on. There you go. Mm. have to get Uncle Brett Kern to show him how to uh, to do some of that. Hey, Here's the other number. Bringing the heat. The mixer. So this is my stats. And I, I try to hit blame with stats sometimes. I try not to waste your time. I know you don't like frivolous stats. But <laughs> I, this I is, like stats. This is a Tennessee Titans the last two games Uh-oh. rushing the football. Oh, yeah. And I know these are two good defenses, but this is where they are. Last two games rushing the football versus the Rams, 26 carry 69 yards, 2.7 yards per carry. Against New Orleans, 29 carries, more carries, 66 yards, less yards. I know they're the number one rush defense, 2.3 yards per per carry uh, in those two games. So the last two games without the King, 55 for 135, 2.45 yards per carry. You do have the Texans up next. They're 31 against the run in the league. Do you think this team can maybe get a little bit more well this week? And I know Lovey Smith's going to do his best to stop them. It's a division game. There'll be guys who know this team well on the Texans, even though they made a bunch of changes. But there's still guys on that team who know the Titans well. But uh, it'd be a heck of a week to start figuring that out because – this, this is a run-first team. They ran more than they passed last week, and as you pointed out, once you get to the playoffs, everybody's good, and every defense is good. Yeah, mo- yeah, most of the time. So, so that yeah, makes- I, I would assume that they're going to be able to run the football better than that. That's for sure. I would say uh, got to start making big strides since they're 31st, the Texans. Uh, that don't mean they're going to go crazy, but I, I would hope they're getting close to 100 yards a game. I, I think this offense and style, you can't keep thinking you're going to win games this way, especially uh, – if the defensive front four is minus one of their key cogs. So you got to put up maybe – you got to feel like you got to play 
enough to have another series by the offense. They got to be able to drive. So that's the running game. So our Tannehill is going to start throwing around a yard. I don't know if they really want to do that <laughs> with no reason to. So I think they're going to get they're going to get real close to hundred. Got to got to get close to hundred. Keep the chains moving. Get some more first downs. There you go. All right, we are out of first downs for today. It's time for us to get out of here. Three, chill. I, I'm checking it right now. Buffalo Wild Wings in Hermitage, and they got Jeremy McNichols there with them. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is going to be a big day. So get out to Hermitage, have some wings, and uh, meet McWeapon, and uh, hang out with the three HL crew. They got you covered today up until 6 o'clock. But right now, it's time for us to pack up this tent, head on down the road. Happy Tuesday. Yes, sir. And as always, Mickey, you know what it is. Peace. Peace.